Tomorrow, September the 3rd, marks the 107th anniversary of the Battle of Hamel, an attempt to capture Beaumont Hamel from the south. It was the turn of the 11th Battalion of the Royal Sussex Regiment to play a lead role in a wider battle which had been going on for nine weeks and would continue for eight more. However, it would be the last battle for Corporal Headley Burton of the 11th Sussex attached to 116 Trench Mortar Battery. My name is John Pope. I'm a volunteer speaker with the Commonwealth War Graves Commission and have an interest in ordinary men and women who served in extraordinary times. Some were volunteers and some were conscripts. Some had the time of their lives while others were scarred mentally and physically or simply failed to return home to their loved ones. They weren't all heroes and they weren't all decorated but for most, war at home and abroad was an experience which shaped them and changed them. Drawing on books, official records, internet resources and personal recollections from friends and families, I've pieced together just some of the stories of those who served. Join me in this episode to learn more about Corporal Headley Burton of the 11th Battalion, the Royal Sussex Regiment. Headley John Burton was born in 1893, the only son of John and Mary Burton, farmers of Upper Wilting Farm, near St Leonard's in East Sussex. He had two elder sisters, Hilda and Mildred, and a younger sister, Mabel. A family story suggests that when Mary was pregnant with their son, she enjoyed reading the memorial of Captain Headley Vickers by Catherine Marsh. It was an account of a soldier of the 97th Regiment named Headley Shafto Johnston Vickers, a romantic figure born in Mauritius of English and Canadian parents. Vickers rose to the rank of captain and assumed the role of pastor to his men during the Crimean War. Sadly, Captain Headley Vickers was killed in action during the Siege of Sevastopol in March 1855. His memorial was published in 1856 and copies are still available today. Indeed, it has just been reprinted as a work of historical importance and is available on Amazon, 167 years after its first publication. Mary Burton was so moved by the story, she decided to name their son Headley. A memorial plaque and window commemorating Captain Headley Vickers and others from the 97th Regiment can be found to the left of the door of Winchester Cathedral. When World War I broke out, his namesake, Headley Burton, had just turned 21, and despite his importance as a farmer, he decided to join the 11th Battalion, the Royal Sussex Regiment, as Private H. Burton, SD 1006. The designation SD meant that he was part of the 1st South Downs Battalion, one of three, along with the 12th and 13th Battalions, of the Royal Sussex Regiment. These South Downs battalions were raised by Lieutenant Colonel Claude Lowther, a local MP, and the 1st South Downs was initially trained in and around Cooden Camp near Hastings, before moving east via Maidstone and Aldershot to Whitley in Surrey, where they became part of 116 Brigade in the 39th Division. The three South Downs battalions became known as Lowther's Lambs, and we'll hear more about them later. Sadly, Headley's war record was lost during the Blitz in 1940, 
but the Battalion War Diary survived, and the original is kept by West Sussex County Council and available free online. The War Diary relates how in March 1916, the battalion left Whitley Camp south of Godalming in Surrey to begin its journey via Southampton to active service in France. The regiment was soon in action in the Estère Le Basset sector and near Givenchy. By late June, the 11th Royal Sussex were redeployed, further south and west of Neuve Chapelle to Richbourg, a bulge in the German front line known as the Boar's Head had been identified as the site of a diversionary attack for 30th of June 1916, in order to deceive the Germans into believing that any major British action would be in this sector, rather than further south on the Somme. Colonel Harmon Grisewood, the commanding officer of the 11th Battalion, had already defied his commanding officer, Brigadier General Hornby, over one operation. But when he saw the planned orders for the attack on Boar's Head, he famously pronounced, I am not sacrificing my men as cannon fodder. Perhaps his reaction was influenced by the fact that he'd lost one brother to meningitis in March 1916, and would sadly soon lose another. Grisewood was sent on leave, and whilst he was away, he was relieved of his command, and later transferred to the Manchester Regiment. However, the attack on the Boar's Head continued as planned, but without a commanding officer, so Hedley Burton and the 11th took a supporting role, forming carrying parties to deliver wire, ammunition and other equipment for the 12th and 13th Battalions, the 2nd and 3rd South Downs. For his part, Corporal Burton was attached to the 116 Brigade Trench Mortar Battery, which supported the 12th and 13th Battalions in the attack. Their commanding officer, 2nd Lieutenant S.J. Farrer, reported that four Stokes mortars had been set up in special emplacements in the British front line, firing over 400 rounds before they were put out of action or ran out of ammunition. Far from being deceived by this diversionary attack at Richbourg, the Germans had already learned exactly what was happening and had placed signboards on the parapet of their trenches, reading, When are you coming, Sussex boys? Sadly, the former CO, Colonel Grisewood, was proved right, and the Sussex battalions lost 350 killed and 750 casualties in a few short hours. The battle became infamous as the day Sussex died. Headley and his colleagues in the 11th Battalion may have fed slightly better than the 12th and 13th, but still lost 6 killed, 84 wounded and 32 missing. According to the War Diary, they spent 1st of July 1916, the first day of the Battle of the Somme, which was raging further south, on burial and recovery duties. Many of the dead from the Boar's Head attack are buried at Richbourg saint vaast a picturesque cemetery behind the front lines, which contain both British, Indian and German war graves. Others are commemorated on the memorial at Le Touré, or the Luce Memorial. One family, the Panels from Worthing, lost three sons on the same day, with a fourth taken prisoner. Given how many men came from the area, there's also a memorial to Lowther's Lambs, the Battle of the Boar's Head, and the day Sussex died at Beach House Park in Worthing in West Sussex. During the early stages of the Battle of the Somme, several attempts had been made by the British to capture the high ground near Teepval. To support this effort, a planned attack along the river Ancre towards Beaumont Hamel 
and on to Beaucourt, would help to relieve pressure on the lines east of the Ancre beneath Tiepval. A trench map showing the area will be included in the episode extras page on thosewhoserve.co.uk. At 5.10 in the morning on 3rd of September, following a short artillery barrage, the 11th Sussex attacked northeast across a narrow, steep-sided valley on the west bank of the Ancre, towards the German front lines. The ground was wet and muddy, but ladders had been placed against the sides of the valley to help the men clamber up. Corporal William Booth of the 11th Royal Sussex later wrote, We all seem to have survived the first move, and it was just starting to get light across the gully, but there was no sign of the ladders we'd so carefully stowed there. We could only think that Jerry had found them and carried them off. We were now faced with the task of climbing this bank without ladders. I shouted to the men to help each other, but can't believe I was heard. I managed to get to the top myself, and had just placed my rifle when I slipped down and had to go up again. This time it was a bit easier, and looking right and left, I could see that most of the platoon were up. As we moved there was a sudden silence. The barrage had lifted, and now we tried to run. But before I could get to the trench, I caught my foot in the wire and went down with a bang. Although good progress was made in the early stages of the attack, the Germans soon began to pour artillery and machine gun fire into the advancing British troops. Second Lieutenant Farrer, officer in charge of the 116 Trench Mortar Battery, later reported heavy casualties in his unit, and the best they could do was set up two Stokes mortars in a shell hole in no man's land and fire 260 rounds in support of the infantry. That day, the 11th and 13th battalions gained the second German line, but were later forced to retire during counterattacks. They lost more than 150 men killed and more than 300 wounded and missing, around one-third of battalion strength. Corporal Headley Burton of the 116 Trench Mortar Battery was one of those casualties. War Office telegrams notifying next of kin of a soldier's death often took anything from several days to several weeks to arrive. The Burton family received no less than four letters, all dated 4th or 5th of September, from their son's unit commander, 2nd Lieutenant Farrer, Sergeants Luck and Buxton, and Private Harvey. The last letter read, Dear Madam, it is with deep regret that I have to inform you of the loss of your son. It was in the Battle of Sunday morning, September the 3rd, that he fell. He died instantly and felt no pain. He was trying to get a wounded colleague into a safe place when he was killed. His was a very noble act, and we all feel the loss of his comradeship deeply, for he was highly respected and liked by every man in the battery, especially by his own section. The section and myself send our deepest sympathy to you in your loss and hope you will be consoled by his noble act. We shall never have another comrade to take his place. With deepest sympathy for you from Private N. Harvey, 318, and your son's section, 116 Brigade Trench Mortar Battery. You can see copies of these letters on the episode extras page of the website. Six months later, in spring 1917, the Germans suddenly withdrew from the Somme area, 
moving back to previously prepared series of defences, which became known as the Hindenburg Line. Other units within 5th Corps cleared the battlefield of remains from the 3rd of September battle, which had lain in no man's land for over five months. The burial parties struggled to identify many of the soldiers who'd fallen, but Headley Burton was interred in the Royal Naval Division Cemetery, one of five in the fields between Hamel and Beaumont Hamel. It was closed in 1919, and his grave was moved just a few hundred yards to Ankara British Military Cemetery on the Albert Beaucourt Road. The cemetery is in the same narrow valley in no man's land, which had proved so hard for the soldiers to scale without ladders in the dawn light of 3rd of September. Headley Burton is buried in Plot 5, Row F, Grave 45, in the company of many of his comrades from the South Downs battalions of the Royal Sussex Regiment. In March 1917, six months after his death, Headley's estate was passed by probate. He left almost £500 to his father John, a sizeable sum for a 24-year-old, and the equivalent, based on the Bank of England inflation calculator, of £27,000 today. It's possible, therefore, that Headley owned some of the farm on which he and his parents had lived and worked, and on his death, the title of that farm had been transferred back to the family. In April 1917, the Hounslow Office for the Register of Soldiers' Effects calculated that the Burton family were owed £13, 18 shillings and sevenpence. That's roughly £800 today. And in November 1919, a year after the war had ended, a further £10 gratuity, or £450 today, was later paid. But what of Headley's parents, John and Mary Burton? Perhaps unsurprisingly, they were devastated by the loss of their only son. They sold their farm in East Sussex, although it's still a working farm today, and moved north to Hertfordshire to make a new start. Fifteen years after Headley's death, John and Mary's niece, Ella Cornwell, gave birth to a son, and at the request of her uncle, named him Headley. This family tradition was not uncommon after World War I, and with this particular example, continued from 1932, through various lines of the Cornwell and Townsend families, to the present day, with his fourth cousin once removed, one Johnny Headley Townsend, aged 18. I'd like to thank the Commonwealth War Graves Commission and the Imperial War Museum for access to their archives and for some of the photographs on the episode extras page on the Those Who Served website. And to West Sussex County Council for access to the Battalion War Diary and to military historian Paul Reed for his detailed accounts of the Sussex regiments on his blog and podcast, The Old Front Line. And lastly, the Townsend and Cornwell families for access to letters and other family information. Until next time, thank you for listening to Those Who Served with me, John Pope. You can show your support for this free podcast by clicking on buymeacoffee.com or by donating through the Patreon page. All funds are used to cover the costs of research, production and syndication. You can connect with the show through Twitter at Those Who Served or Instagram those.whoserved. You can join in with the show by sharing what details you know of a family member or friend who served in a 20th century conflict. 
simply follow the links on the website or contact me directly by email at info at thank you.